Welcome to the Influence Factory podcast. This program is dedicated to support professionals who have a desire to develop their digital business influence so they can navigate through a fast-paced, constantly growing digital world. We invite newcomers as well as our family of business influencers to a place to play, share ideas, questions, tips, and guidance with other thought leaders around the globe. Sit back and enjoy our program with our host, Dean Delisle, as he interviews guests. News and commentary is provided by Kate Hassett and Jackson Delisle. Power Move lessons are provided by the Influencer Marketing Department at Social Jack. And production, editing, and distribution is provided by the Social Jack production team. All right, welcome everybody <laughs> to another episode of the Influence Factory. We have a great show for you today, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, for those of you that are planning on attending uh, this year's uh, 2019 Business Influencer Masterclass on May 30th, uh, grab your tickets now. It's still early bird, right, Kate? Yep, yep. Still get to save off that early bird price, so. Right on. And guess what? We do half the work for you before you even get there. So um, so I'm excited about that one for sure. How are you doing, Jackson? I'm doing great. It seemed like you were getting a little choked up over the class, so I just want to make sure you're doing okay back there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so if they do want to pick up past episodes of the uh, Influence Factory, where might they find that, Jackson? Uh, so, actually, this is really cool because we just set up in the Social Jack Resource Center. Uh, at the top, there's a button that says Podcast, and you can go view all past episodes, show notes, links to uh, articles, and, you know, all the good stuff. So you can view it there now, as well as on uh, YouTube, if you want to see the recording. And if you want to listen to the podcast, you can check it out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as CastBox now. Wow. All right. So everybody's got choices. <laughs> And there's our surprise guest coming in a little early. Uh, we'll be announcing you in just a few minutes, Mark. So if you want to hang with us, you can. Uh, if you want to uh, wait, we're just going to cover a few more housekeeping items. So, uh, Kate, if people want to play with us on social media, where do they play? So, of course, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram at uh, Social Jack, also on Get Twitter at Get Social Jack. And if you are not in our Facebook group yet, you need to go ahead and message one of us and jump in. It's called Business Influencer Alliance. You search for it and request to join. You can watch a lot of uh, these episodes right there. We post content. Uh, we really build a community for business influencers. And of course, you can ask your questions live in there. So, Business Influencer Influencer Alliance on Facebook is the best way to uh, join our community. Right on, right on. And since we have our special guest in early, this is a first <laughs> time ever, and we're always about the power of authenticity and first times. I'm going to actually introduce Mark and let him join us in the news segment. How about that? We've never, ever done that before. So what the heck? It's a first. So this week's influencer guest is the founder of View Dream, VU Dream, a marketing and brand agency founded in Boston, Mass., one of my favorite cities, uh, to a pub crawl, uh, working with startups, individual corporations, and help customers imagine new future realities in fields of emerging technology like virtual reality and like this podcast. So Mark, welcome on, welcome on with us today. Thank you so much for having me for the first ever guest news segment. And then, uh, all right, so listen, today's uh, influencer news update uh, is about eight steps to more effective social media marketing strategy. We're not going to cover them all, uh, but I'm going to let Jackson lead this out. And Kate and Jackson, you go for it. And we may chime in, Mark and A may chime in, depending on how this goes. Yeah, so we have, you know, eight steps. We're not going to cover all of them, like Dean said, but, you know, we're going to touch on some of the most important ones that we think are the most crucial in the article. Uh, step one is just set three smart goals. These are goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, and relevant, and time-bound. So this is, you know, for example, get 100, 100 more subscribers on YouTube in the next 30 days. It's measurable and it's time bound and it's achievable. So <clears throat> that's going to be a big one when you're outlining your uh, effective social media marketing strategy uh, and, you know, 
uh, Kate, do you have anything to add on that just uh, with those goals or? Yeah, so um, I, I say this a lot, but, you know, part of the, the hardest part about being in social media is people are always asking you why. It's like you're always trying to prove yourself. So if this is a position that you're in with your company, if you're trying to prove to them the, the benefits of being on social media or maybe the influencers, the employee advocates within the organization of like why, a great way to do that is to set measurable goals. And then at the end of the of the test run or the experiment or whatever you want to call it say this is what we did and this is what we accomplished so i love the i love setting goals yeah and i was i was thinking like part of our 90 days to influence program we set milestones and goals up front with the client and then we create those measurable activities along the way and then at that 90 day mark uh, jackson to your point of time bound we're really looking to help that person accelerate you know from that point forward uh, now that they're launched and Mark, you're, you, you've got an agency going over there. What do you think about uh, setting those SMART goals up front? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really smart. I, the way that we do it is we do 30-day SMART sprints where, um, you know, you, you sort of reverse engineer and understand, you know, what exactly needs to be done each day in order to make this goal, the sprint, an actual success in our eyes based on, you know, the company, the team, the employees, individual inputs. And I find that when you can kind of break it down into that smart sprint, that is not just like, you know, okay, we're going to do this for a month, but it's actually tied down and say, okay, you know, on Tuesday at 10 a.m., we're going to do this, this, and that. Uh, and then when you do that, it really just sets sort of the pathway up to do have those big successes for sure. I love that. Yeah, nice. <laughs> So want to grab one more of these here? Yeah, moving down the list, we have conduct a social media audit at step number four. And then, so that's going to be going through and doing reviews uh, and seeing, you know, where your strong parts, points are uh, in your social media presences. So on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and, you know, following it up kind of goes hand in hand is step number five was setting up accounts and improving this is the part I want to stress is improving existing profiles. So after you've done that audit, making sure, you know, where are your strong points, where are your weaknesses, you go in and you improve on those weaknesses and you really leverage those strong points. Those, uh, you know, the points that uh, are, uh, you know, really good, like your uh, LinkedIn summary, if that's good, then, you know, maybe make a few tweaks here and there and then move down and, you know, keep, you know, updating and improving constantly, like we're always saying. Uh, you know, I know Kate does a lot of work with this. Uh, do you have anything to uh, say on that? Yeah, it's really important to be improving on your social media. So one thing we do when we bring on a new client is make social media recommendations. We essentially do this audit for our clients. And um, for those of you listening who aren't in charge of the social media for your brand, you are in charge of the social media for your brand, right? Your personal brand. So this is something you can do on your own behalf right now and making sure that you're auditing your social media. That's multiple platforms, making sure the story lines up and it's consistent all the way through. So even if it's not something you do for your company, it's something you should be doing for yourself. Um, with that in mind, another thing on this list that I think is really important I want to touch on is creating a social media content calendar. Um, even in, with that, creating a social media map. So a lot of times, you know, when you look at social media strategy as a whole and you're like, oh, it's so overwhelming and you're posting this and you're doing this and you're engaging here. Essentially, it's just a recipe, right? You're subliminally, you're subconsciously training your audience to expect the same kind of posts from you. And that's brand awareness and that's training them in the long run. So um, we really recommend this creating a social media map, what you're going to post and when, and then letting yourself get creative and imaginative and changing up the content each and every day. So if that's something you're looking at adopting and executing for yourself, check out the Social Jack Resource Center. We have map examples, also social media content calendar examples, which will help you plan day by day what you're going to post, where and on what platform. So those are some great resources free for your disposal. Yeah, that's uh, that's great, Kate. Thanks for that. And, uh, you know, that's I wanted to remind uh, everybody and Kate just did that about making sure that as we develop the tools for our workshops, 
it's really interesting to have some sort of a, at least a starting point and a pattern and create a theme and a consistency for your audience so they can actually know, you know, what you're doing and when you're doing it and sort of feel that there's a level of, you know, uh, play and spontaneity, but there's a structure to it too. So, you know, you can have both of those things. And we explain that in the map. And then, Mark, I'm sure you use similar things like that as well, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, personally, for me, what I've really been interested in is, um, you know, the concept of, I, I, I do think that companies and brands should have uh, an omni-channel approach and being on Twitter and Instagram and being everywhere they possibly can. But then I think it's a matter of, you know, identifying all these sorts of moving pieces in this ecosystem and seeing like, oh, wow, it turns out that we're actually getting uh, better leads, better traction from uh, Instagram because we've got a product that is, um, you know, the main audience is on Instagram. And so I just, I totally love everything you guys just said. And I just think like a follow-up piece is just realizing, you know, is there sort of like a killer uh, communication channel that maybe is working exceedingly well for your business and then just tripling down on it a little bit more than the others. Yeah, absolutely. And that segues into, um, obviously, on the list, also testing, evaluating, and adjusting and moving the bandwidth based on channels. But another thing that it mentioned that I don't want to pass up is that you have to learn your audience. And this is something we talk about all the time in marketing. And I know I say to my team is you talk to your audience like you know them because you do. And so if you're, if you're seeing that trend and you're adjusting your message through the audience, um, like channels, what he just said about being omni-channel, you know, you speak to your different channels differently and the audiences that hang out on those channels differently. And that'll help you not only reach the goals, but adjust, evaluate going forward. So thanks for chiming in on that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. So that's all for the uh, influencer news update this week. Uh, make sure to check out in the Facebook group. We'll be sharing out this article. And then in uh, the Social Jack Academy, we'll, the show notes are already up if you want to check those out after the show. And then we will, uh, you know, upload the missing pieces like the, you know, links and uh, other discussion topics that we talk about throughout the podcast. And then if you want to subscribe on, chan on all our channels, uh, you'll get notified when we upload new content. And if you would like to see other uh, content that we discussed during this segment, make sure to tweet to me at, uh, at Jackson Delisle on Twitter, and I will make sure to get those articles on here. So we're talking about relevant topics to what you guys are looking for. All right. And then Kate, where else can they play with us on social? Um, on Facebook. Also, we'll be live tweeting this. Shout out to Emily. She's on Twitter right now at Get Social Jack using the hashtag Influence Factory. And then also in our Business Influencer Alliance Facebook group, you can play with us live where we're broadcasting and ask Mark your questions during the interview. All right. All right. Well, Kate and Jackson, we'll see you on the other side. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and reintroduce Mark. <laughs> As we break into this next segment, like I said, nothing like uh, spontaneous podcasting. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, all right. This week's influencer guest is the founder of VU Dream, a marketing and brand agency founded and operating in Boston, Mass., one of my favorite cities uh, to uh, hang out in, uh, working with startups, individuals, and corporations to help customers imagine new future realities in the fields of emerging technology like virtual reality and podcasting like this podcasting. So I want to welcome my podcasting coach out in the world, uh, Mark Metry. Thanks, man, for coming on with us. Dean, you're doing a great job, man. It's such an honor to be a part of this. Yeah, thank you. Well, hey, man, you were our coach. And I want to thank you again. It was just by chance finding, you know, a lot of times when you're searching, you're like, how do I pick you know, uh, how do I pick the the person that we're going to count on and rely on? And you've been amazing as part of helping to formulate this podcast. So again, I want to thank you. This is part of your creation too. So <laughs> thank you. appreciate that. Um, now, uh, uh, 
so you were uh, born in uh, Boston and uh, first generation immigrant from Egypt, which I think is cool, you know, and, and man, it's like, uh, I think of Boston, it's almost like, you know, the, the border towns there, like even New York and, and things like that, where families come in and that's when they make their start. And sometimes they move inward and westward and sometimes they just hang. So is your whole family there? Yeah, man. So, I mean, my, you know, my parents left everything behind. They left their family and they just came to America to give me and my sister a better life, hopefully. Wow. Yeah. And it seems like you've taken full advantage of that because now you're one of the top 100 podcasts with humans 2.0. So that's, Mm. uh, that's super cool. Now, before we get to that, I was intrigued because uh, at the age of seven, you went on public, a local public television after winning an art competition. So what was that like? You're seven. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> great, great digging around, man. I've never been asked that question. So I, I remember just in one of my classes, there was some kind of an art competition where whoever draws the best, uh, whatever it was, drawing, I think they got a prize. I don't even know that you would go on TV. I was a super, super, super shy kid. And it's like when the teacher said my name and I won that uh, art competition, I was just like, oh crap, I'm going to go on TV. And I remember <laughs> I remember showing up there and I, my mom came with me and I literally was so nervous. I didn't say a single word. I literally just stood in front of the camera and I literally just held up the paper, the drawing, and I just walked away. It was so so funny. I'm going to maybe try to find footage of that, but it was hilarious. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's, that is funny, you know, and uh, Jackson's in theater and, and Kate's had her adventures through radio and, and we've all had that moment. And it's funny, I'm sort of reaching out to the audience here. You know, does anybody remember that moment when you had that first like glimpse of fame. And then you're, you know, you're like, Oh my gosh, I remember I was, uh, I want to say I was in middle school and I took drama cause my uncle was the drama teacher. And the first time, you know, I'm practicing these lines and they say, you'll go on stage. And literally there's hardly anybody in the, in the audience, but it was the first time that lights were projected at my face and I couldn't see beyond the stage. And I would just remember being so scared and I forgot half of my lines. And then all of a sudden I was just, you know, somebody had said it was my dad or somebody said, if you get scared, just pause and breathe. And so I just remember doing that. I think I'm in sixth or seventh grade and I would just pause and breathe. And I said, I'm going to start over. And then I just started over and, and then, you know, things, magic was starting to happen, but it was like crazy. The fear that you feel and to this day, when you're doing, because you do a lot of talks as well, do you have a, a, a do you still feel that that fear on the inside as you're getting up to do that? <laughs> That's a great question, man. I mean, for me, like you know, I I grew up with a, a ton of social anxiety, and so, I, th- like honestly, I still always sort of get fearful, especially like when I'm about to do like some major interview with like this this big time person. Like, I think the nervousness is always there, but then I just think it's like a matter of uh, doing exactly what you said, of just like pausing, taking a breath, and then just reassessing and just saying to yourself like, hey, I I feel some of like this negative energy or this nervous energy. I'm just going to try to harness it into, you know, maybe asking the best questions, being in the present moment. And I don't think it ever goes away, but it's just being able to harness it in your own hands. And it really does give you uh, more power, more ability. Yeah. And so uh, totally relatable to this program. I knew you were going to be running right on time or a few minutes late. And then I said, you know, what's going to happen is Mark's going to probably come in right in the middle of the news or in community updates. And we usually introduce our guests later in the program. And it was awesome because I was like, you know, I, I had the fear about it, but I was also like, okay, we'll just like wing it. And most of us are trained in improv and it was total improv. So hopefully you appreciate it. <laughs> that was awesome, man. I mean, I mean, listen, I think that sometimes the best things happen when you do that, when you try to do something new, sometimes maybe not, but, um, but yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool experience. 
Yeah, and because we chopped this up into segments, it'll be interesting. Jackson's probably thinking, oh, man, there's another hour of editing, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jackson. But you know what? It may become a thing. We don't know. You know, maybe we'll have, you know, guest uh, news commentary or something like that. Um, hmm. But uh, so as we, as we look at, you know, what's interesting is, you know, take you to current state. You know, you're in, I mean, you're interviewing Seth Godin and you're just like on top of it with all these uh, podcast interviews that you're doing. But but that's sort of where you're at today. So how did you you know, did it start at the age of seven or when did you get this bug? Like all of a sudden, you know, you said you had social anxiety and then all of a sudden you're like, bam, you're doing podcasts and, and you had some things occur that were almost like a pivot to put you in that path. Can you share some of that with us? Yeah, absolutely, man. So, you know, I, I grew up as a totally normal kid. I, I had my issues like social anxiety and like some other things. We, we've all got our own, you know, fears and insecurities. So, you know, for me, like when I was growing up, uh, one thing that I think was really pivotal for me is like, I got on the internet really young. I, I began to understand social media and all this internet stuff like back in 2011. Um, so that was... What did that uh, look like? Were you like YouTubing or what was it? Yeah, believe it or not, like I, I had a YouTube channel. I had thirty five thousand subscribers. There was nobody wow. on the platform that had like over a million. Like they didn't even have a monetization program or or anything like that. And like honestly, I was doing it as just sort of like a fad thing. Like at that time, even though I am a really young guy, like like I still remember people telling me like, "Wait, so you can learn stuff on the internet?" Like it was just a completely foreign. <laughs> you don't have to um, go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> and so I began to I began to dabble with that stuff really early on and it eventually led me to an opportunity when I was 15 years old making like multiple six figures from previously not making any kind of money and when that sort of happened for me that began to expand my horizons and it made me understand that there's so much opportunity out there in the world and then you know like the way that that turned out is Probably by the time I was 18, I just, you know, personally went on uh, a transformation sort of growth journey. I used to be somebody that uh, was over 200 pounds. I didn't really have any deep relationships with people. I just really wasn't proud of the person who I was. And right. so I just kind of set on like this, this, this fiery uh, path, like this, this blitzkrieg of trying to discover myself and trying to do all these new things. And um, for me, like the podcast was something that ended up being formed because I had been on this journey of, you know, trying to incorporate all these nice, healthy habits, trying to spend my time the best way I knew how. But it's, you know, it's very challenging. It's very difficult. And so I just thought like, hey, how do I, like, how do I go about uh, getting in contact with somebody like Seth Godin or, or somebody that is a, you know, a top author or a top expert in this specific area that I personally need help with in my life. And so the podcast just started as a way to um, like get the information I need to, to generate my own results in my own life. And as episode, as episode came on, I began to connect different dots. I began to take this information that I got and incorporate it and apply it and then come back. And it's just, it's been a crazy journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And I, and I think one thing that attracted me to you is the fact that you called it humans 2.0. And we talk a lot, you know, we're all about activating the humans within a brand and humanizing the brand that it's, you know, our influencer development program. And really, you know, whether you're a brand of one or a brand of, you know, a hundred thousand, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we train companies like GE nationwide, some big, big companies, but we love the entrepreneurial spirit of somebody that, that says I'm, I'm ready to be out there and I don't want to do this alone, you know? And so, so I like the activation of the human element of social networking. So give me your perspective on that now, you know, since you're the, the, the guy with humans 2.0. Yeah, man. I mean, like, like, I'll tell you this, like, so on my show, I have people that, um, like, like Seth Godin, like Neil Patel that are at like, you know, the, the, the top of the top for people that we know of for like marketing. But then, you know, I also have on my show, like professional athletes and I have, you have um, the shortest basketball player 
in professional basketball player. I thought that was like Muggsy Bose or something. And then I saw, I saw that episode and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to hear this. So it was cool. Dude, that's exactly it. And it's like, and there's like, and there's like world-class chefs. And it's like, for me, my show isn't it about, you know, highlighting myself as an expert and, um, you know, trying to put on this image that I'm like perfect and, you know, people should only look at my information. I'm just trying to put other people on, not because they need it, but just because simply I need it. And it's like, if I can go into a conversation, no matter who that person is, no matter what industry they are, no matter what field they're in and tap into like, this common human denominator that I know for the, for the most part, people listening, whether they're uh, dads or accountants or I don't know, mechanics or they're marketing people, they're going to be able to tap in and get something out of it. And it's like, what I've learned, man, is like social media, all this podcasting stuff. What it's really doing is the most powerful kind of content is providing a mirror to the other person. It's somebody that's looking at their phone and they see a post that maybe asks them uh, an indirect or a direct question and they just like, they think about it. And like that takes up sort of like cognitive real estate in their brain. And then they actually begin to, you know, think and care. And then I think if you extrapolate, that's what leads to people making decisions like buying things, selling things, making that decision to subscribe or to listen to that podcast. So I think it's all about hitting like that very, very genuine, valuable human denominator. Yeah, I love that. And, and, you know, we've always, you know, sort of talked about, not sort of, we've always talked about the power of authenticity, you know, about being real and authentic and genuine. And so what's cool is we've always had our loyal folks that jump onto the live segments, whether it's on the Facebook channel or it's on, you know, Zoom. And, and over the years, we've always had sort of this lunch and learn approach. And both my parents were teachers. So no matter what business I had in the technology space, in the CRM space years back, it's always been like, how can, you know, things are moving so fast. You know, you think about when, you know, no matter when you got into technology or business, how fast our world moves. And, and no, there is no one person that knows everything. But if you're willing to collaborate and, and partner and bring people together and share, I think that's sort of a good basic common thing. And it sounds like, it feels like what, where you sort of got hooked as well, right? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, like I, I learned very, very fast in my uh, business that, you know, it's not about being the jack of all trades. It's just about like getting the the smartest people, getting the best person at whatever it is that you do and, you know, recruiting them, just like you said, finding a way to collaborate or, or partner, because that's what I think life is all about. I don't think that, you know, you know we're born as, <clears throat> I don't think we're born as, um, you know, people that are just gifted and, and able to do everything. I think it's about, you know, I think we're born with like maybe one or two or maybe even three things that we're really, really, really exceptional about. And then it's just about, you know, filling the the other pieces of the puzzle. You know, I think yeah. it's about, if you look at a baseball team, like, you know, you can't be the pitcher and the receiver and the catcher. You can't be all these different positions at the same time. And it's just about, okay, who is the best pitcher that is out there that is going to complement my skills so we are a coherent, conducive team that just like generates and creates the best sorts of results for, you know, whoever it is, our client, our, our partner. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Speaking of baseball, I think the Red Sox have a way better chance than the Cubs this year. So I'm just throwing that out there. I do follow <laughs> both teams really close. Uh, I think actually Rick or somebody else was jumping into a big uh, Red Sox. Are you a Red Sox fan since you're right there? Oh yeah, man. I, I, you've, you've sort of got to be when you live here, actually. Um, <laughs> They'll kick you out, right? hundred <laughs> percent. Do you know, do you know who Wade Boggs is by the way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I actually, I met him like last week. It was pretty cool. But, Did you? um, yeah, I met him last week at, uh, like a charity event and, uh, it was a very interesting event. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool though to have him on, right? Oh, dude, a hundred percent. I totally blanked out, and I, I totally should have asked him. But I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see each other again sometime. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was, I was telling Kate. I met uh, somebody last night. Have you had a, a, a 
have you had um, a Richard Branson on yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. So I met I met like the right hand person to him for Chicago Virgin Hotels, and she's like, "Anything you need, I can connect you to Richard. I can do this and that." And I'm like thinking in my mind, and I'm like, I didn't, I couldn't even get the words out to like take the next step. But I've got her card, I've got her info, I got the connect, and she said she'll set us up with event space and all this other cool stuff. So you know, I was just wow. building a relationship, but I was like man, that would be like a big ask. I almost, so, so backing up a little bit, a lot of the people that are listening to us, um, you know, possibly want to, uh, you know, move, move like you did and like we did and, and actually produce a podcast. And we have a lot of people come to us on this. We've held uh, many workshops on it and things like that. And uh, one thing when you were coaching us, I was just totally inspired and we'll get to tools and things like that. But people that are thinking, about like they're in the beginning stages and they're like, wow, um, first of all, how do I get booked on a podcast? And then we're going to go into how would I build a podcast? So can you sort of share your view of the world on that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that with 2019, uh, you know, we're living in, I think every single kind of uh, company, organization, personal brand they've got to have some sort of a podcasting strategy. And what I mean by that is I don't necessarily think that, you know, they should pull the trigger and start their own podcast if they don't want to, but you've, you've got to have some kind of strategy, whether that's, you know, your CEO getting on or, or whoever is in charge of PR and media getting on like the top 10 podcasts within your specific niche or industry. I think that's critical. And I think that, you know, when you begin to sit down and, and start this podcast, I think you've got to understand that it's really about the long-term game. I don't think it's about, you know, producing a podcast for six weeks and then just saying like, all right, guys, we did it. I think it's a very, very much long-term strategy and you can utilize a podcast in so many different ways. I don't necessarily think it's just about you know, having a, like a top 100 podcast and the goal of your episodes being seen by as many people as possible. You could use the podcast as like a, a business development tool and maybe inviting on certain decision makers at companies that you want to interview for your podcast. And like you said, Dean, build that relationship on top of after. Whereas, you know, if you were just to send them, you know, maybe like a prospecting email they may or may not respond to you. Um, and so that's one strategy. Another company that I'm working for, they are a relatively like sort of a legacy corporation, very big. And they're trying to find a way to recruit young, new talent into their organization. And so their podcasting strategy was like, okay, what if we have our CEO, right? start a podcast about, you know, not this specific industry, but um, like they're in the real estate industry, but talk about, you know, human potential and human improvement and talking about like the real underlying deep sort of like tectonic plates that are under each human. Uh, because we know that a lot of younger people listen to podcasts as well as old, and they might be interested in that. And if they see sort of like the insight of what the CEO is talking and doing, that might help them, um, you know, recruit and apply to, you know, get a job at that company. Like I know uh, a company here in Boston, very well-known marketing company, Drift, um, you know, they, they do a ton of chat bots, they have events. And I was actually at one of their events once and I was on uh, one of their cruises after, and I was actually talking to a mom of one of the employees and she was telling me, Oh yeah, my daughter works at this company because she first found out about them through the CEO's podcast, which is called wow. seeking wisdom, which has nothing to do with marketing or any of this stuff. So or it's real like real estate. Yeah, right. Exactly. hundred percent. 
Yeah, no, that's brilliant. And, um, and, and I think that's what it is. It's about, you know, the, the human potential. I mean, that's what we see is that glimmer in every person when we shake their hand, it's like, oh my gosh, they have this powerful untapped network. And and then we'll Mm -hmm. find out nuggets of someone's story. And we're like, people need to hear about this, you know, (laughs) and we, you know, the, the saying, everybody says you have a book in you, you know? And so, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we like to, uh, just let people know that we love hearing your story and we want to know more about you. You know, it's that interesting factor, your mm. human curiosity mm. factor. And I love that you focus on, on mentally healthy lifestyle. I think in a world of tons of technology and a lot of technology going on that, that we just need to focus a little more, you know, on our, on our well-being, if you will. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree. Like, I think, I think what's happened, Dean, is that the individual has now, you know, more power ever before in human history because of technology. And it's like with power, it comes a ton of responsibility. You can use technology in sort of a haphazardly unconscious way. And it'll almost like abuse you. It'll, um, you know, it'll sort of, you know, the parts of yourself, the parts of your character that are not well disciplined, that are not built on a strong foundation, technology can really squeeze that out of you, right? It's kind of like money. You know, you you give somebody who um, is, let's say, mentally poor, you give them a ton of money. You know, you're going to see very quickly they run out of that money right away. They use it to um, kind of, you know, abuse certain things to uh, buy things, bad things that they were never used to. But then it's like you give a good person money and, you know, they use that for amazing benefit. And it's like, I think that is really what's going on. And I think, you know, just like the conversation we had before, like in 2011, 2010, this stuff was still super, super new. It wasn't even quote unquote mainstream yet. And I think because of the sheer speed that's happened, I think like we haven't had a time to like slow down and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, what, what is the actual uh, conversation? Like, what is the actual protocol? What, is, what are the actual methods and principles and guidelines that each human being should have because we have an infinite amount of, uh, of opportunity and power at our fingertips today. Like I know personally for me, um, you know, I focus a ton on my mental and my emotional. Like I generally speaking, like I don't use my phone for like the first couple hours of the day. I like to get that time to myself. Um, for me, like I shut off all notifications on my phone, except for like a few contacts, some emergency contacts, because it's like, when I'm living my life, I just want to be focused on right now. I don't want to be, yeah. you know, pinged on the, sh- like if somebody wants my attention, like they literally need to, you know, tap me on the shoulder or something. <laughs> and, and, and you know, like there are some other aspects and this is, this is really interesting, especially coming from somebody like myself, who's in the, um, the virtual reality industry. Right. And, and that's like a super, super, uh, maybe even existentially speaking, very strange sort of technological uh, in, environment reality that VR is going to take. And I just think that in, in my in my life, I've learned that technology is just, uh, it's a double-edged sword. And the new powers, the new abilities that it's giving us reframe, reshift the conversation almost every single time for humanity. You know, like if you were separated from somebody 10, 15 years ago, you you couldn't contact them again. But it's like, imagine 10 years from now where you could hop into a virtual reality and see, I don't know, like your grandma that's living in Peru right in front of you as if there's no difference. And it's like, with all these new emergences, we've got to have a new human conversation that makes sure, you know, we put humans, the individual first before all these little nifty gadgets and these apps and things like that. Yeah. And don't get me started because I'm a, I'm a, tri- I'm a time travel geek. So I, I think that VR is going to be our first glimpse into like what you're oh. saying, uh, virtual time travel. But I, I've seen some of the under the hood technologies with uh, VR and things like that. And it's just amazing. Some of the, some of the pieces, especially with all the data that we have in the world, you know? 
Oh yeah. Especially, I mean, I think when it, like when it, when you look at it, especially in terms of marketing and advertising, like if people, I'm not saying this is a hundred percent true, but if people spend a decent amount of time in a virtual reality in the future, whatever it is that they're on, like a headset or a neural implant or whatever it is, like you're going to know exactly what people are looking at. You're going to know even what emotion people are going to be feeling when they look at something. You're going to be able to see like, you know, their eye twitch, their face move in a certain way. And and honestly, it's a pretty, it's a pretty scary conversation to have. But, but I think that the data, the sheer amount of data that, that we're going to have, I think it could potentially maybe even provide in some insights, uh, some information to solve some problems that we have going on that we just don't maybe are even conscious of or we don't have solutions for in our world today. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I've always been in this virtual um, meeting space uh, scenario like we're in now. And um, I was an early adopter. I built uh, my dot com was like a virtual school. It was a B2B university. And we were delivering this when when uh, when bandwidth was stretched, you know, when people were still on dial up and it was just really nasty and, and hard. And you'd have like the max headroom thing where it was like, you know, people it was all jerky and pixelated, you know, and doing the best you could. And it was interesting. Even back then, it was about, you know, being able to see someone's face and being able to hear that voice and make that human connection. And I think it's, it's really in a, a space that, um, you know, if you can't be side by side with someone, it's the next best thing. And that's what I like about, uh, just to wrap it back to podcasting real quick, is, is the fact that I think if they can hear the CEO's voice, or they can hear the people within the organization, again, humanizing the brand, it is, it is, uh, really uh, interesting to to see the difference when someone can actually hear the leaders or the people within the organization speak and mm-hmm. what a difference that makes for everyone that's connected to the organization, whether they're a partner or customer. You agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. And it's like, you know, really, Dean, when you break it down, I think the real power of podcasting is that, you know, you you get to whether it's you sit down or you pop in your headphones and you go for a walk or you're at the gym or you're just living your life, you actually now get to listen in on like a potentially 45 minute, one hour conversation. And I don't think we've ever had that with technology before. Like we've obviously had video recording, we've had TV, but it's like when you begin to think about what is it actually like from a communication and honestly a, a psychological perspective standpoint of this person now gets to listen to somebody else for that long enough of a period where you can get in a lot of uh, deep and intellectual topics that you may or may not pick up from like a, from like a 60 second LinkedIn video post or like a, right. or like a tweet. And it's like that in which I think is the real, real power. I think like the number one, the best content for a human is obviously video because you can right. see the person, but a lot of us are busy. A lot of us can't be looking on our phone. We're, we're driving, we're commuting, we're at the gym. And I think podcasting is sort of the bridge to make like a super, super human technology communication work. Yeah, I love that. And 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 you heard, uh, uh, I don't know if you heard Jackson at the beginning rattle off and thanks to you, you know, we got on Spotify and uh, CastBox and all these other things that I don't even know what half those platforms are. But it's just funny that that it's by convenience that we all connect and attach to ways that we get our entertainment or our news today. You know, it's a whole different world. And I think to have that that voice in the world is is again such a great connector. In fact, with our team, uh, we uh, Kate talked about this little community that we have uh, for the Business Influence Alliance on Facebook, and it's sort of a fun little playground and sandbox. And we invite clients and members and you know our interns and other people to just just practice come in there and practice a webcast or a, a facebook live or whatever it is that you want to play with you know we just don't want you pitching stuff but if you want to come in and teach people and be really a true influencer and thought leader come on in and play with us you know and so i think i think we're going to see more and more of that activated in the world where it's um 
available to whoever wants to play. You agree? Mm, mm. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And I think like what I always think about Dean is just like, um, I think what technology is doing is I think it's enabling more communication. It's, it's enabling more access. And it's like, dude, there's a, there's a, there's like an 11 year old, um, very, very talented kid in like India that doesn't have access to Facebook, that doesn't have access to the information that you'd be sharing on this group that, you know, if he heard it, he could then take that, apply it in his own life and then come out with some kind of like world saving solution to like fix cancer or something. And I think that's the direction that technology is going. Yeah. And I'm really glad to see uh, people like you and your team, Dean, that are enabling and facilitating this process happen in the world. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, we're just always, you know, uh, giving people a chance, you know, it's like everybody deserves to have that opportunity and that chance. And, and, um, uh, you know, and so that's, again, one thing that you influence with us is there's some pretty cool, if you're getting into podcasting and any type of delivery of media, you, 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 you shared some pretty cool tools with us along the way. So are there any that you want to share with the audience today of things that like, okay, if you're thinking about doing this, at least start here and, and check these tools out. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I think if you're going to be, I think if you're going to be doing a podcast remotely, I think that uh, getting somebody on video kind of like on this is the best because you see a lot of uh, like facial expressions. You see a lot of like natural body language that can give cues for conversation. Um, probably another tool that I think is really beneficial is, uh, and this is another good piece of advice of like, you know, I think that if you want to start like a great podcast, I, I don't just think it's enough to create awesome content and just put it up on your podcast. I think a great way to get new listeners is to leverage social media and not in the sense right. of like, you know, just tweeting and saying like, Hey guys, you know, episode 16 is live with a link. I think you've got to be a little bit more interactive and almost give people like a, like a gateway for your podcast. And if you right. can make like a, a 60 second promotional video. And for that, I personally use a, a tool, a website called headliner.app that makes it super, super simple. When you can do that and somebody on social media is just like scrolling through and they're like, wow, I just like picked up like a really great nugget just out of the 60 second snippet. You know, I wonder how much I'm going to actually learn and benefit if I just listen to like this 30 minute or like this 45 minute free podcast. And that's the way that you get a crazy amount of listeners just by doing that time and time again, you know, adding up those numbers. Yeah. Yeah. We love that headliner. That was a great one that you turned us on to. I'm so glad. So, um, yeah, no, appreciate that. Now, um, what about influencers or people that have inspired you along the way? So, you know, if you know, you've interviewed so many people on human potential and things like that you know, who are some of the top go-to people that, you know, really, really drive you? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, one person that sticks out, Naveen Jain, he, um, I don't know if you knew who he is, but he, he wrote a book with, um, uh, Richard Branson. Right. He, you know, he, he's a entrepreneurial legacy, even though he came from nothing. And I think that Naveen really just demonstrates this whole concept of, um, uh, abundance thinking, this concept that is sort of against the natural human uh, nature of scarcity, of we have limited resources, we've got to hide them, we've got to store them up because they're going to run out and people are going to take them from us. But I think what he begins to provide and what you begin to see in what he's doing in the real world is like, he's got a space company called Moon Express. He's got a healthcare company that is doing something unlike no other, like they're their main mission is to make chronic illness an option in the world. And it's like, I think that I'm not trying to plug my podcast or anything, but if, if somebody were to listen to like the 45 minute podcast episode that Naveen and I did, I really do think that it will fundamentally change the course of somebody's life just because of the way that he's talking, like the way that the ideas, the, the topics that he brings up, I don't hear any other person doing it. And he's actually leading by example. Um, another person real quick is, um, is, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Ed Milet. <laughs> oh yeah. Right, right, right. 
Ed Milet is a, is a really great guy. Uh, I think he's like ranked in the world's top 50th, 50th people under the age of 50. And, you know, one thing that he really demonstrated is, you know, if you were poor and you're unhappy, when you're rich, you're probably going to be unhappy too. Like there, there's a level of, right. of income that you can get where, yeah, money does make a difference if you can't pay for rent and you can't pay for food. But after that, if you're just going along and you're saying like, man, I'm, you know, this, my boss said this to me, I'm, I'm ungrateful for this thing happened to me. And then somebody gives you like an extra, I don't know, $100,000 a year like you're still going to be that same person. Like you might learn some things through it, but I think like both of those lessons of just kind of like abundance level thinking combined with the practical reality of just being grateful for your life, being grateful in every moment, whether you've got, you know, $500 million in the bank or whether you've got five, that is really like the the key, key element here. And um, when you do be more grateful you really do begin to actually imagine things that will pop up in your life to be grateful for. Uh, it, it literally reprograms the, your mind. Like there's this thing in our brain called the reticular activating system. Oh, yeah. And you know, I'm sure you know it. A lot of high performers know it. And it's like the best analogy is like you, you buy a new car and then now you see that car model everywhere you drive. Right. Whereas, you know, like a week or two, you never even like saw that car you anyway. Think it's so unique. You think you're the one that got this cool model and then all of a sudden you see them all, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and like the point is, is like you can begin to then do that for other areas, for other elements in your life. It starts with an experience of an emotion and it starts with being grateful towards that opportunity because I think like um, another great guy who I've had on that ties really into this is like they've actually done studies that show if you are um, complaining if you are ungrateful if you are being negative it shuts down like 90% of your brain that is created to detect opportunity and it's like when you combine those things like the best thing that could be great for your life your business is to be grateful and open and opportunistic, even when there are a lot of problems, even when there are a lot of struggles, even though there are a lot of issues that you're confused about and don't really know, because that's what I think really what counts. But those three just really stuck out. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And, and you know, one last thing uh, before we wrap up is, is on that point that you just made, I was actually just had queued up the one that you just talked about uh, that episode. Um, but uh-huh. it's, it's the amygdala hijack when uh, up here, you get all this stuff that is that is I call it garbage that has entered your system, you know, of how you've developed up to this very moment, there's as much great greatness and things to be grateful is there is garbage. And it's funny Mm. how our mind plays tricks and that I call it cha-cha gets in the way and those voices come up when you're like, you know, and and it just like pulls you out of there. It's like giving you the hook off the stage, you know, it's like, what, you know, and and you're right. You're right. It's in, and I say it creates an awareness in the moment where you're like, you know, we tell people, you know, it's like our scouting and drafting system. It's like there is an opportunity with the person right before your very eyes. Why do you need 10,000 more followers? What about being in the moment with this person? There's magic in there, you know, so I love that. I love that. You explained that. You explained that beautifully. And I think that when you just begin to look at it, like, you know, a, a, a great quick lesson that my dad taught me when I was really young. Uh, so I was, I was working at a, at, at his pizza store. And um, so I was taking an order on the phone and there was also a customer in front of me because I was manning the, the register, I was being a cashier and also the phone. And what my dad told me is that, you know, you should always pay attention to the person that's right in front of you. Um, I think that's, that's definitely applicable for most of the cases, maybe not all, but it's like, you know, when in, in front of you, you've got an opportunity, you've got a, a customer and it's like, it's important to really nail that down before you go ahead and like take another order or get on the phone with something else. So I think that for me is just really, really, really pivotal. And for a lot of other people in their own lives, hundred percent. I love the way that you articulated that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
All right. So with that being said, uh, before we let you go, I'm going to invite Jackson and Kate to jump on and share some things that they learned along the way. And then I'd like the listeners to really, you know, Rick Rick Gosser uh, chimed in and said, gratefulness begins in the mirror, which I love that. You know, it's like, bam, it's right there, right? Just be grateful for you. So shout out to Rick on that, uh, who is, who is, uh, emodes uh, positive energy all over his posts on the internet and has been, uh, a member of ours for quite some time and uh, and uh, sort of a and so I'd like people to start chiming in whether you're uh, in the podcast on social but if you are grateful put it out there man tell people I really appreciate so and so and we have something on Fridays we call the gratitude post and it's uh-huh. like tell people just pause on a Friday and think about someone you met this week and thank them you know give them a public shout out and go thank you so much for that inspiration you know and so oh, uh, we'd love that. But Kate, how about you? What did you get out of this? Well, I was really excited for this episode because I follow Mark online and I'm also a podcaster, radio personality turned podcaster because I all of a sudden had a public transit commute in the city of Chicago that I had to fill some time with. <laughs> work emails. Um, and I also do podcasting on the side and I'm thinking about launching my own at the moment. So it was interesting to hear your story and how you go about it and how you're an advocate for brands having a podcast for, um, you know, brand awareness. And that's something that I think about all the time. And it's led me to new podcasts and new influencers to follow. And, um, you know, always, I like to be like learning and listening. And so I love podcast for that reason. And I um, recently went to go see a live show for a podcast that I follow. And I told the, I tried to get them to sign my book that they had written. And I said, you know, I'm a fellow podcaster. And their response was, oh yeah, like who isn't these days? I think your outlook on it is so different and how you can use it as your voice as opposed to just, you know, there's a difference between using it to get your message and your voice across and your brand as opposed to just like an outlet to hear yourself talk. And so I love, I love how you kind of frame that and it's in align with, you know, our values here and, and our values that we, we coach to our clients. So just thank you for sharing that with us. Wow. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. yeah Jackson, how about you? Yeah. I, you know, the biggest part for me was just, you know, uh, something I try to live by is just, uh, paying attention to the person in front of you. You know, and, you know, the fact that you said it really resonated with me because that's something I work really hard at because, you know, through Monday through Friday, you're getting tons of emails, you know, you're bouncing between different projects. And then, you know, when people are on the phone, it's like, all right, hurry up, you know, but like, you got to sit down, you got to think, you know, okay, you know, I, you know, I got to be in the moment. I have to be with this person. And I really like that you, you know, mentioned that and you didn't leave that out because that's such a big thing. And then again, uh, thanks for turning us on to headliner. Cause I I've mentioned it, you know, the past few weeks on, you know, the podcast. So it's, you know, it's, it's really helped us out and we really, I really like, you know, using it very easy to use highly recommend to anyone, uh, who is, you know, starting their podcast, uh, putting out and promoting their podcast, but it's all thanks to Mark. He showed us uh, that tool and, you know, really helped us. And coached us a whole bunch more. I mean, yeah, I, yeah there's like countless things that, that all of a sudden we went through. And and Mark, I don't know if you've heard, like uh, we've uh, had some new voiceover done. We have our own music that we've licensed and, you know, sort of just given it a whole new flair ever since you came along. So one, from the That's bottom awesome. of our heart, definitely want to thank you for that. And then, we always like to thank people that engage with us. Uh, we like to shout those people out and we, uh, we give them a Starbucks gift card. So we're going to announce that here in a minute. And for all of you that are out there listening, um, Mark has inspired or touched you in some great way here. We want to make sure that you share that with somebody that you care about. Be that influencer, be that thought leader and really uh, pass that on. And we're going to link all of Mark's websites and social media sites. It's easy. It's markmetry.com. Uh, so uh, it's a, the website's easy, but we want to make sure that you, you know, follow him and, and listen to some of his podcast, amazing interviews. And we really appreciate that. But please make sure you pass what you learned on today uh, and share that with somebody else, or maybe even on social media. We love shout outs out there, right, Mark? So give Mark a good shout out there. And uh, Jackson, who's our uh, two uh, Starbucks winners today? This week in the Zoom platform, we have Carlene Lewis 
And then on Facebook Live, we have Adam Feather. So congratulations. And remember- Oh, the, the Wolf of Wrigley. Oh, Wolf of Wrigley, yeah. So yeah. remember to uh, <laughs> take something you've learned from this podcast and you know share it with whoever you decide to you know share that Starbucks gift card with. So yeah. Right. Keep on giving. Keep on giving. All right, Mark. Well, from all of us here at the uh, Social Jack Studios to you out there in uh, Boston, Mass. And I can't wait. I have a new friend to visit when I come back out there. So and if you're ever in Chicago, hit us up. We'll make sure you get taken care of. Definitely. So thank you, uh, Mark. And thanks uh, to everybody out there that's listening. And uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, generating more influence online. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Woo. Thank you for listening to the Influence Factory podcast. We welcome feedback and suggestions. You can provide these by visiting our website at www.myinfluencefactory.com. And if you are interested in Social Jack's 90 Days to Influence program, you can simply go to 90daystobusinessinfluence.com and simply ask for the next steps. While our program airs regularly on Zoom webcasts and Facebook Live on Wednesdays at noon central, we invite you to download episodes on your favorite channel, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and who knows where else in the future. We will also provide occasional on-location live streams with special guests that we will announce in our community Facebook group, Business Influencer Alliance, as well as on all Social Jack channels. Our mission is to help you build your digital business influence with this podcast, as well as inspire, educate, and entertain those who are hungry to collaborate in a cool place with cool business professionals just like you.